Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today we're going to be talking about eight things that millionaires do to build wealth. Or you could look at it like eight things that people can do to become a millionaire. And I think when we talk about the term millionaire, and this is definitely what happened to me or how I used to think of it, but when we think of the term millionaire, it seems very far off, right? Like a millionaire is like, oh, well, you know, I would never be a millionaire. I would never be able to do that. Millionaires are, you know, all handed their wealth. They came from trust funds. I don't have that. So I would never be able to be a millionaire. And I really, really want to change that narrative. I want to change that narrative because, and this statistic always blows my mind, 80% 80% of millionaires are first generation millionaires. 80% of millionaires are first generation millionaires. So, yes, there are still those 20% of people who were given a trust fund or they were handed a million dollars or they won a million dollars on a game show or whatever. They were somehow, you know, gifted a million dollars. But for the other 80%, they are first generation millionaires. They're first generation millionaires. And so, you know, for most people, apart from, I guess, you know, winning it on a game show, like I mentioned, they built that, right? They weren't handed that from their parents or from relatives. They, they became that themselves. So what does this mean? What does this mean? This means that that is possible for us. That means that if your parents are not millionaires, that like that says nothing about you, right? Even if your parents are not millionaires, you still can be. Even if you don't come from a line of money, right? You know, you're not made of money, right? Your family tree is not just raking in the dough. That doesn't mean you cannot be a millionaire because 80% of millionaires are first generation. So let's talk a little bit about what that means to be a millionaire. And specifically, I want to talk about retirement, okay? So you can be a millionaire in a lot of different ways. You could have $0 in retirement and still be a millionaire via savings or rental properties or, uh, you know, other assets, okay? But for most people, retirement plays a really big part in this, okay? So let's talk quick about retirement funds. Okay. Your retirement funds. Now this is wild. This is wild because we're really not taught about retirement in school, right? We're not taught, we're taught about parallelograms, but not about what retirement is, how to save for it, why we need to, when we should, and all of that jazz. So 
here's here's some wild um wild information and i'm gonna um cite all this information in the show notes too if you want to go look at any of these um statistics a lot of it is from the cdc investopedia um you know tons of different online things that i'll i'll cite some of these articles in the show notes so you can go and see if you want to read more so this is wild the average person who has a retirement account Okay, so remember that this is not for everyone in the United States because there is so many people that do not even own retirement accounts. But for the person, for all the people who have retirement accounts, the average amount in their retirement fund in 2020 is $43,000. Now, you might be thinking, I mean, $43,000 is quite a good chunk of change. However, what you have to remember is that in our society, the way that we the way that we do this, the way that we run this, is that for most people, they retire at 65 from their job, which means they stop going to their job, and then they use their money from retirement to pay for like their life, right? Instead of getting a paycheck every month, they dip into their retirement starting at 65. So they have that money that has been sitting there in their retirement to go and pay their bills, to go and have fun, to take a vacation, to travel, to do whatever. So that money that was in their retirement accounts now becomes their yearly salary. Okay, so think of it like that. Think of whatever's in your retirement accounts divided by how many years you you know will live or plan on living that is what your yearly salary is now of course you have to adjust adjust because your retirement will keep growing um i'm just saying high level overview so for the average person in 2020 who has retirement accounts and only has $43,000 in there that means if you needed or wanted $43,000 a year at retirement to, again, live, pay bills, have fun, that means you would have one year salary saved. That means you would have one year's salary saved. So at 65, you'd have $43,000, and let's say that's what you need per year to do all that. You'd have until you were 66. That is how much money you would have saved. And then what would you do at 66? Go back and get a part-time job or go go back to work or just start, you know, making enough money for you to to live. And that's why, oh, I mean, and this is of course not every single case scenario, but I get so sad when I go into, you know, um like, like Target or Walmart or grocery store and I see um, you know, an, an elderly person working who I, my first thought is, and now of course. I don't want to generalize. There are so many people who are, you know, at home and, and they love that and they want the social connection. So they, maybe they have incredible retirement accounts, but they're still, they want to be a greeter at Walmart or they want to do this. And, and so I'm not trying to generalize. However, what I do think about is I wonder if they are here because they want to be here because they need to be here to pay bills or they need to be here to be able to eat or they need to be here to be able to like survive, you know, pay pay medical bills or whatever. It just oh my gosh, it it just makes me so sad. So um and, and that's why I love working with millennials is because we have so much time, right? We have so much time. We don't have oh, we're retiring in 3 years. 
um, or we turn 65 in five years, right? We have so much time ahead of us that we never have to be in the situation where, you know, we're 70 and we are, you know, you have to go get a part-time job because you, you need to be able to survive, but you, you can do that because you want to. Okay. So now let's go back to this analogy. So if you, you know, we're back to the analogy where we want $43,000 per year at retirement to be able to live. Now, in order to figure out if we wanted that, what we would need at retirement, the the kind of rule of thumb is to take the amount you need per year. So in this scenario, we're saying we want $43,000 a year to be your salary, you know, your quote unquote salary at retirement. So divide that. This is just kind of a, a really quick trick to be able to figure out approximately how much you'd need. So divide that by 0.04. Okay, 0.04. So if we take 43,000 divided by 0.04, that leaves us at 1,075,000. Okay, so that is what we want at retirement by 65 in order for us to retire and be able to live out our best life bringing in that $43,000 per year. Now, what if you want more than that? What if you're like, oh my gosh, Chloe, I make $100,000 right now a year and I want to be able to have that lifestyle retirement, even though I won't have some of these same, you know, I won't have my mortgage because all my house paid off or whatever. I still want to have a hundred thousand dollars. Cool. Take a hundred thousand dollars divided by 0.04. So again, that's what we want to do. But what if, here's the thing. What if we want more? What if you want more? You need to start normalizing the idea of becoming a millionaire. You need to start normalizing for yourself the idea of you becoming a millionaire because even at $43,000 of income per year, you still need a million at retirement. You need over a million. You almost need 1.1 million at retirement. And of of course, there are people who are gonna want less than that, right? There are people who are like, I want a minimalist lifestyle. I only want 20,000. And that's awesome, right? There's no, oh, you need this or you shouldn't have this. However, for the average person, for most people, you're going to want likely a million dollars at retirement. However, you also simultaneously do not think of yourself as a future billionaire or a future bajillionaire, (laughs) which is what I love to call you. You don't think of yourself as a future millionaire. You don't think of yourself as someone who is going to be a millionaire. And that's a problem. We need to start thinking, get in that mindset of I'm going to become a millionaire. What do I need to do today to be able to get there? So let's talk about the eight things that we need to do to become a millionaire. Okay, number one, have an emergency fund. Have an emergency fund. I recommend having eight months of expenses and keeping it in a high yield savings account. Now, yes, I know that eight months of expenses is a little significant. However, that is such a small little bleep in your lifetime of money, right? That's such a small amount compared to all the money that's going to come in and all the money that's going to go out, all the money in your retirement, all that stuff. That's not there for you to build wealth, right? That is there for if anything were to happen. And the reason I like having those eight months of expenses 
is one, um, then you know you would not need that short term disability. If anything happened where you were no, you weren't able to work in the short term, you would not need to you know have that short term disability insurance because you're basically funding that short term disability insurance yourself. So I like eight months of expenses because I like to think about. Okay, so if I was out of work for some reason and on top of that I had medical bills or on top of that I had to pay for, you know, maybe, uh, you know, somebody to watch my dog because I, I was, you know, sick or something or, you know, maybe you have kids and they don't go to daycare but they not only could you not work but they also would have to go to daycare, whatever. So I, I really like to have that cushion and for me that feels really, really good. If you do have um, a lot of debt, however... I would recommend starting with like, you know, three months of expenses, one to three months of expenses, depending on your risk. And then, you know, so having one to three months of expenses in a high yield savings, then tackling your especially high interest debt, then going back and doing that eight months of expenses in an emergency fund. So that's number one. They have an emergency fund, okay? They are able to protect themselves if anything comes up that would throw them off financially to where they can say, okay, not a problem. I can take care of it and then go back to investing, go back to all the other things that they were doing. Number two, they pay off high interest debt. They pay off high interest debt and get rid of it. And and if you right now have high interest debt, one of the best things you can do is to call and negotiate your credit card debt um, in the meantime from paying it off. Call and negotiate. Negotiate it down high interest. I mean, the average millennial credit card interest rate is like 20, don't quote me on this, 26%, 26.9%, I believe, which is wild. That is just absolutely wild to me. So making sure a lot of times this is credit card debt, but it could be other things, but making sure, um, you know me, I love becoming debt-free. I love paying off debt. However, the biggest thing right there is high interest debt. So that's number two. They pay off high interest debt. Number three, number three, the third thing that millionaires do, they get rid of money leaks. They get rid of money leaks. Um, I'm not going to go into all the different ways that money could be leaking out of your account. Um, However, I do this in the free challenge, the $1,000 challenge. If you haven't taken it, we'll put a link in the show notes for you to go ahead and do that. But it's three days. I show you how how to clog all those money leaks where money could be leaking out through subscriptions, through, um, you know, paying too much on your bills, things like that. So they clog up the money leaks. All right. Number, what do we got? Number four, they invest, they invest. We've been talking about retirement a lot and I'm not going to go into investing heavily right now because there's other ones I want to get to, but of course, investing is what we want to do. And the earlier, the better, which is why it's so important to make sure we have those other things in place. It's so important to make sure you have the emergency fund, that you're paying off the high interest debt, that you're getting rid of the money leaks so that you have that income for you to start investing. You have that um, extra income that can go towards investing, right? If you have no money left over at the end of the month, how are you supposed to start investing? So that's why we want to take care of that other stuff. Then we can really focus on investing heavily. I love, I love this statistic, especially because I talk to, um, you know, millennials and even, um, what's below millennial? Gen Z, right? 
Gen Zers. So starting at 18, if you invested $210 a month, you'd have a million dollars at retirement. Whoa, that's awesome. That is so cool. Um, however, a lot of us aren't 18, right? You might not be 18 listening to this. You might be older thinking, well, crap, I'm older. What am I supposed to do? It's okay. You can absolutely still hit that million dollar mark. Again, we want to take care of these other things. We want to make sure we have an emergency fund. We're paying off high interest debt, getting rid of our money leaks. And then you'll have that disposable income, that extra income to be able to put toward that retirement to hit that million dollar mark. All right, number five, they save first, then spend. Okay, when I say save, that could be money towards investments, money toward, um, you know, saving cash, whatever. But most people live like this. They're like, all right, my, I just got my paycheck. I'm going to spend whatever I want. Whatever's left over at the end of the month, that's what I'll save. Or that's what I'll put towards debt. Or that is what I'll invest. No, we want to go opposite. We want to say, here's my money coming in. I'm going to put my money in, in investments or I'm going to put my money towards savings. Then whatever's left over, that's what I'm going to spend. Now, of course, you're still going to make sure you have enough left over to fund your life and, and fun and all that stuff. But we want to make sure that the first thing we're doing is prioritizing our savings goals. Number six, millionaires have multiple streams of income. So the average millionaire has seven streams of income, seven streams of income. So be thinking of this. You don't need to start doing this today, this exact moment. You don't need to you know, pause this podcast and find seven streams of income right now. But be thinking of that. Maybe you have one stream of income right now with your corporate job or your teaching job or whatever. And then you have a second stream of income of your side hustle where you are selling um, something, right? You're, you're selling earrings or you're selling, um, t-shirts or, or something to where that's a second stream of income. Maybe you have a real estate property. That's a third stream of income. Just be thinking, be brainstorming. What are multiple streams of income that I want to have in my lifetime? Number seven, they have a growth mindset. So when problems arise or when things aren't going well, they're thinking, growth, right? They're thinking, what can I learn from this? How can I overcome this? What are the ways that I can learn how to do this better? Instead of thinking, well, all right, this isn't going to work. I wasn't meant to do this. I'm so stupid. I suck, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So the more that we can have a growth mindset when, when things come up, the better. This one's really similar, but number eight, they keep their daubers up. So daubers up, um, it's actually one of my favorite nonprofit organizations. Um, and the whole reason why it's called Dobbers Up is because um, Dobbers Up is a phrase used by, um, uh, you know, one of a really close family friend of mine, Dan Dowson, who passed away of ALS. And he would say, keep your Dobbers up, which means keep your head up, right? Like if things are coming your way or if, you know, something's going wrong, keep your head up, keep your Dobbers up. And so they keep their dabbers up. If a curveball comes their way, if, um, you know, they, they lose their job or they have medical things come up or, or something happens, they keep their, their dabber up. They find a way despite curveballs. And, you know, from a financial perspective, one of the best ways to do this is an emergency fund. So if something comes up that you can't plan for, you know, you can have that. And I'm going to talk more about this in an upcoming podcast, but another big thing to be thinking about when it comes to, you know, how can you keep your daubers up when, you know, when life kind of throws you curveballs? Another thing is long-term disability insurance. 
everyone needs it, right? Especially millennials, especially Gen Zers. We need long-term disability insurance because it protects us and protects our income in the long haul. I'm going to talk more about that on a later episode, but just keep that, keep that in the back of your mind. Okay, number nine, set big-ass goals. Millionaires set big-ass goals. Instead of just saying, well, you know, I'll save here and there, whatever. No, they're setting specific goals of I'm going to save X amount per month. I'm going to save $1,000 this month. Or I'm going to save 300 whatever. And they set really, 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 really big goals. Number 10, last one, millionaires give big, right? Millionaires give big. And yes, of course, I'm generalizing. Are there millionaires that don't give big? Yes, I'm sure. Um, however, in, in my opinion, the best way to grow wealth is, is to bring the people around you up, right? When, when I'm a big believer that when you get wealthier, the more wealthier you become, the more people around you become wealthier because you talk about wealth more, you give more, you show up more, you are more generous, you are, um, you know, y- you just provide more right? When we're in survival mode, when we could barely financially take care of ourselves, it's hard to give big. But as we continue to build wealth, we want to also make sure that we're giving to others too. Now, those are the 10 things I wanted to talk about today. And remember that 80%, 80% of millionaires are first generation millionaires. This is possible for you, but you have to start getting into the mindset of believing that to be true, of believing it is possible for you, believing that you can and you will become a millionaire and striving for that starting today, making those changes, committing to a couple things on that list to where you can lock in your millionaire status as well. Thank you so much for joining us on this week of the Deeper the Money podcast. And I will see you back next week.